Butts and Guts, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring your digestive and surgical health from end to end. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Butts and Guts. I'm your host, Scott Steele, the chair of colorectal surgery here at the Cleveland Clinic in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And today we're very pleased to talk on the topic of liver tumors and an innovative approach, which is ablation technology for these tumors. And I'm very, very pleased to have Dr. Aaron Berber, who is the director of Cleveland Clinic's Surgical Liver Tumor Ablation Program. Dr. Berber, thanks so much for joining us on Butts and Guts. Thank you, Scott. I'm uh, happy to be here. So for our listeners who don't know you as well, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Where are you from? Where did you train? And how did it come to the point that you're here at the Cleveland Clinic? Sure, thank you. I'm a Turkish American. I was born in Turkey and uh, did my initial uh, medical school and actually did a general surgery training there. And then 1999, I came to the United States and did my training at UCSF and Cleveland Clinic and have been on staff uh, since 2005 at the Department of General Surgery and Endocrine Surgery. My career interests include minimally invasive uh, treatment of liver tumors as well as a lot of uh, other different uh, general surgical uh, patients. Yeah, you do have a very unique practice, I would say that. So let's start very high level for our listeners. So how common are liver tumors and what are some of the causes of these tumors that we're going to talk about these ablative techniques on? So in the United States, the most uh, uh, common type of uh, tumors that we are treating are actually colorectal liver metastasis. These are colorectal cancer that has spread to the liver. Just to give you some statistics, in 2021, about 150,000 new cases of colorectal cancer was diagnosed. And we know that uh, one out of four of those patients present with uh, already spread to the liver, another one-fourth will spread to the liver uh, during their uh, lifetime. So about half of the patients with colorectal cancer will have liver tumors at some point in their um, treatment cycle. And uh, we also know some other tumors are also increasing in uh, frequency, you know, such as uh, these liver cancers associated with obesity pandemic, both in the world and in the United States. Uh, we know that uh, uh, these patients are also at risk of developing this primary liver tumor we call hepatocellular cancer. So they're, they're pretty common in our practice. So are most of these just picked up incidentally? You mentioned about tumors and they get CAT scans or what are the different symptoms that people can be on the lookout for? So obviously any patient with uh, any type of cancer, when they're being uh, followed uh, in surveillance, uh, they get some kind of imaging to look at their liver either with CAT scans or MRI. So this could be picked up without the patients having symptoms. Uh, or in rare cases, uh, the patient could develop uh, pressure uh, symptoms related to a stretch of the liver capsule or rarely a blockage of a, a biliary duct, the bile channel inside the liver, which can cause uh, jaundice. And then, then, then by those mechanisms, these tumors can become apparent. So um, what are the different surgical options for removing these tumors? And then... If you would, just tell us a little bit about more in depth this innovative ablation procedure that you and here at the Cleveland Clinic is using to destroy these larger tumors. So whenever we have a patient diagnosed with a liver tumor, the first option we always consider whether we can cut it out or not. 
some patients are not candidates for this treatment because either uh, they are not so fit to undergo a big operation or they might have maybe too extensive disease in the liver or sometimes an uh, interesting scenario arises where the tumor is very small, but the amount of liver you have to remove is very big. So for these patients, we have some alternative options. And one of these options is uh, burning them with ablation technologies. Um, you know, we initially started with radiofrequency ablation in, in the 2000s. And then over the last 10 years, microwave ablation has uh, arisen as a better and more uh, effective technology. And for patients who are not candidates for burning them, ablating them, then we have embolization options by radiology, as well as these, uh, uh, what we call stereotactic or focused radiation treatments done by radiation oncology. And so when is this type of operation recommended instead of a liver section? You spoke a little bit about this, but in general, is it size? Is it location to the vessels? Is it just personal preference? I know you said the primary way is to cut it out, but is there anything else that you kind of take into consideration when looking at these type of lesions? So the patients who are going to be better candidates for an ablation versus a resection are going to be those patients, first of all, who are not fit to undergo a big operation. Um, most of the time, the liver resection, we are doing them through open surgery. Uh, we have also developed a laparoscopic program where you can make these operations for smaller incision, but still most of the procedures done through big open operation, not every patient can tolerate it. So those patients are definitely candidates for burning them. Then the other group of patients uh, are those patients in whom we need to follow the principle of what we call parenchymal preservation, uh, which translates into trying to preserve much liver uh, tissue as possible. Ordinarily, we would cut out about 50% of the liver. But in that case, you may want to burn it with these technologies because these technologies are more powerful nowadays and that the failure uh, rate where we treat the tumor is going down every time this technology progresses. So you can burn these tumors laparoscopically, meaning a couple of small incisions. The patient goes home and there's about 90% chance that the patient doesn't need any treatments for that tumor and then you preserve the patient's livers. So that's another group of patients or candidates. And the last group of patients are patients who have a more extensive disease where you can do both cutting them out, so liver resection and also ablation together and then by doing this, you're able to treat all of the lesions, all of the tumors that the patients have in their livers. So truth or myth, recovery time from this procedure, the ablation procedure, is comparable to liver resection surgery. Is that actually true? And uh, I would say it's even better. Uh, when the patients undergo this procedure, they're able to go home the next day and they're back to their baseline about one to two weeks. We know that if we do an open liver resection where we give the patients an open incision, then the patients stay about uh, four to six days in the hospital and their recovery is about four to six weeks. If you do a laparoscopic resection where you do the operation for a small incision and cut it out, the patients stay about three days in the hospital and their recovery is about two to three weeks. So definitely there's a better recovery after an ablation procedure if the patient is a candidate for it. Truth or myth, liver tumors can start off benign and then become malignant. 
It applies to actually a small minority of the tumors we're talking about. There is a tumor type which is special. It's called an adenoma. It's, it's normally a benign growth that occurs in the liver, but over time, as the the nodule gets bigger and it reaches a certain size, it can turn into a primary liver cancer. So for a small minority of the tumors, it is possible. So what's on the horizon when it comes to the future use of liver ablation therapy? And how are we going about optimizing this technique? So basically now what we have is we have much better technology in terms of what, what, what does it mean when we have better technology? So when we burn the tumors, the way you create the, the heat and how you can disperse it around the tumor is very important. When we start with something called radiofrequency ablation, we are not able to create the heat very evenly around the tumor, and it was leading to a lot of uh, failures. About one out of three tumors uh, was failing. Now with these uh, microwave options, then the, the heat is produced very rapidly and, and it is spread around the tumor very evenly. And this decreases the chance of the cancer coming back. And then in fact, we are seeing that only one out of 10 tumors treated for colorectal cancer, they come back where you treat it. So what's in the horizon now is, look, how are we going to incorporate this data into our current patient treatment algorithm? So does it mean we're going to be able to treat patients who are resection candidates with this treatment? That's what we, actually possible, but we need evidence. And in Europe, there are actually uh, big studies on the way to randomize patients to either ablation or cutting out for colorectal cancer. And I think that study will generate us data to know exactly how this treatment will fit into the patient's treatment algorithm. So basically on the horizon is going to be data coming up from good studies to really appreciate uh, the role of this treatment in the patient's uh, uh, disease process. So we always like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So we're gonna to transition to some quick hitters about you, Dr. Berber. So first of all, what is your favorite food? My favorite food, I'm a Turkish American, so a lot of Mediterranean cuisine and obviously kebabs <laughs> and yeah, baklava. Obviously calorie intake is not good. Yeah, I have to say I had some of the best kebabs uh, when I went to Turkey, just unbelievable food there. So very, very, very good. And what is your favorite sport? My favorite sport is soccer. I used to play a lot of soccer in uh, high school. And uh, I guess if I were not to become a physician, I would have probably become a soccer player. <laughs> so soccer is my uh, favorite sport. And what is the last non-medical book that you've read? The last non-medical book, I'm a little bit into physics. And I, I read a book on uh, how astrophysics and uh, Quantum physics really affect our life. Uh, it's just kind of the time, uh, history of time. And it was interesting to kind of see how uh, uh, physics uh, really affects our life and how much we can learn from uh, physics in our life. And you've been and lived around the world. So what is it something that you like about here in Northeast Ohio and Cleveland? Uh, I like the car Cardinal for sure. I mean, it really gives you a... Uh, uh, really a moment of uh, joy in your life when you see these uh, red birds around or when you wake up in the morning. 
And the nature is so beautiful in Northeast Ohio, just, you know, seeing all the nature. Uh, it's uh, something that you cannot really find in a lot of uh, uh, places. That's fantastic stuff. And uh, so why don't you give us a final take home message uh, regarding liver liberation for our listeners? I would say that uh, it's, it's uh, technology that works on patients uh, with uh, good indications. It's not a miracle uh, uh, therapy, but uh, it's uh, very promising and encouraging to see that technology advancing and then it helps us uh, uh, treat the patients uh, more uh, effectively. That's great stuff. And so for more information on Cleveland Clinic's liver cancer program and to download a free treatment guide, please visit clevelandclinic.org slash livercancer. That's clevelandclinic.org slash livercancer. You can also call 216-445-8389. That's 216-445-8389. And again, please remember that it's extremely important for you and your family to continue to receive medical care, receive regular checkups, as well as screenings. And be rest assured here at the Cleveland Clinic, we're taking all of the necessary precautions to sterilize our facilities and protect our patients and our caregivers. Dr. Berber, thanks for joining me on Thoughts and Guts. Thank you. My pleasure. That wraps things up here at Cleveland Clinic. Until next time, thanks for listening to Butts and Guts.